Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Kirk Church Podcast. I'm Aaron Elmore, lead pastor at Kirk of the Hills, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is where you can hear messages from all our pastors and guest speakers. Make sure to subscribe and share with anyone who follows the Kirk. If you want to know more about us, visit us at thekirk.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at the Kirk Church. Let's get started with today's episode. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Thanks for braving the blizzard of 2022 to come to church today. For those of you who didn't make it out, maybe because of the ice or the cold, whatever it may be, we're glad that you're with us online, and we pray that this time will be a blessing for you. Um, Yeah, I tell you what, I am excited to share the word with you today. I love this passage from Jeremiah. I love this passage. It's an incredible passage. It's a letter from God to his people who were disappointed, who were heartbroken, who were oppressed, who were going through one of the most difficult experiences of their lives. They were doubting. They were doubting whether God loved them and cared for them any longer. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel heartbroken and depressed and like doubting whether God even loves you or cares what you're going through? Have you ever experienced those kinds of feelings? Wouldn't it be awesome if FedEx showed up and knocked on your door and said, uh, would you sign here? I have a letter from God for you. I mean, wouldn't that be incredible? And that's exactly what happened here. The Lord gave this message, this this revelation to Jeremiah, and he wrote it down in a letter, and he sent it to these people so that they could hear the Word of God. The message of God is not to change what was happening to them, but the message of God was to change them inside, their attitude about what was happening to them. See, and that's an important shift. We always pray, God, change my circumstances. God, save me from this situation. But yet God's message is usually about changing us in the midst of our situation. I love the story of Jesus when he's on the boat with his disciples out on the Sea of Galilee, and this incredible storm rises up, and Jesus is asleep in the boat, and the disciples are literally going nuts. We're gonna die! They're really convinced that they're gonna die, and they finally wake up Jesus, and Jesus stands up in the boat, and he raises his hand, and he says, peace, be still, and the circumstances go away. You see, because circumstances are inconsequential to God. They're not important to him. They mean nothing. He's all-powerful. Then Jesus turns to his disciples, and he says, why didn't you believe? He asked them about their attitude in the midst of the situation. That's what was of concern to the Lord. You see, and that's what this is about This message that God had intended for these people was to change their identity, to change their identity from being victims 
of their own circumstances to being agents of God in the midst of their circumstances. So let's take a look at this issue of identity. These people start out first. Their identity is that they're outsiders. Let's read what the Scripture says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters and find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. You see, when Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians, it fell in three stages. There were what we call three deportations of people. The first time they came in and they took off some of, uh, some of the leading citizens like Daniel and a few others carried them off into captivity. The second deportation was when they came in and they took off all the people that were wealthy that were leaders like the priests and other government leaders and all of the skilled artisans, and they carried them off into, into Babylon. And these were the people to whom this letter was addressed, these people of the second deportation. These people were insiders in Jerusalem. They were people who were part of the society. They were at the top of the society. They had important jobs. They were educated. They were well-trained. They were leaders. And now they lost everything. They lost everything they possessed. They lost their status as insiders. And now they were in a land that they did not know. They had nothing. They had no status. They had no position. They were outsiders. They were exiles and they did not fit. You know what? We are exiles in this world. We are outsiders. God has plopped us down into a foreign land. Why do I say that? Because the New Testament says that our citizenship is in heaven. Amen? We are citizens of heaven, and so we await a Savior from there, Christ Jesus. That is our citizenship. That's where we belong. Now, this is a little tricky, right? Because we're like humans, and we were born on earth, right? And so we fit into human society, supposedly. And um, many of you grew up here in Tulsa, and so you fit here in this place. And you say, wait a minute, what do you mean I'm not a member of this society? Well, as we grow close to Jesus, right, what happens to us? We begin to change. Our priorities begin to change. Our friendships begin to change. Our values begin to change. And we begin to fit less and less in this world. More and more, this world feels more uncomfortable to us. It begins to feel more foreign to us. Am I right? I mean, isn't that what we feel as we begin to grow in our faith? Jeremiah told these people, get comfortable because this exile is going to last 70 years. 70 years. Now, God could have caused this exile to last any number of years. It could have been less. It could have been and should have been a whole lot more. That would have been natural for the life cycle of, uh, of, of kingdoms of the world and all of this. But God chose 70 years. Why 70 years? Well, 70 years in the ancient world especially was a lifetime. 
And I think God chose this number because he was saying, you are exiled for a lifetime. You are going to be out of your country for a lifetime, and you are going to be living in this foreign land for a lifetime. The natural tendency for the Jews was to bide their time, to just wait for this to be over and long for a future when they would be able to go home. That's what they wanted. You see, outsiders build closed communities. I grew up in the Northeast around big cities like Philadelphia and New York. And each one of those cities is divided into little communities like Little Italy and Chinatown and all these different places where different immigrant groups have created their own little world. This was really driven home to me a few years back. My, um, my wife's brother moved to the United States, and he moved to a town in New Jersey, a little town that was about an hour from where I grew up, and it's called Bound Brook, New Jersey. And uh, we went to visit uh, Luis in Bound Brook, New Jersey, and what we, I realized was that I was in Costa Rica. This was a community of Costa Ricans. Everybody there was Costa Rican. You walked into a store, they were selling products that you could only find in Costa Rica. People were talking about the soccer game that happened last night in Costa Rica. They weren't talking about the stuff that was going on in the United States. Their whole life was built around the world that they came from, and they had brought it all there. And I could not believe it. You walk down the street, and you'd hear Costa Ricans speaking like Costa Ricans in their language with their dialect, and it was amazing to me. I never knew it existed when I lived in New Jersey. And you see, this is what people do. Why do people do this? Why do they cluster together and create these little communities, these closed little communities? Well, because it's comfortable. Because they want to be with people that are like them, that share the same values as them, that think the same way, that have the same worldview. They want to be together because they have common experiences and common interests. And this is our tendency as well as Christians, isn't it? We want to be together with people that are like us. We want to be together because that's comfortable. We want to live in a bubble and withdraw from this evil world that is all around us. And how do we do that? We seek refuge in a place like this, inside the walls of this church. These are beautiful walls, right? But yet we come here because we, see, we feel warm and comfortable and safe because the people that are sitting in this room think like we think. They believe what we believe, amen? And so it's comfortable for us to be here. And this is what happens as we become increasingly discontent with the culture around us, as this world has given up on the foundations of Christianity and it becomes more and more ungodly, we begin to feel less and less comfortable here in this world, don't we? The world just feels like a stranger place. Every year it gets weirder and weirder. Am I right? 
okay? And so as that drift continues, the tendency, the pressure, the desire for us to, to live in withdrawal and to stay in the safe community of believers is more and more intense. But is this what God wants for his people? He sent us to this city. The Bible said he sent his people into exile. They're here in this place. No, this isn't what God wants for us. Look at Jeremiah 29, chapter 29, verse 7. He wants us to become ambassadors rather than outsiders. Pastor Colin talked a little bit about what it means to be an ambassador two weeks ago, and I want to build on what he began with us in his message to us that was so very important. Look at what verse 7 says. Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Pray for the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Think about this. Put yourself in the sandals of the people of Jerusalem who went into exile. They had just been defeated by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had just torn them from their homes. He had taken everything away from they, them that they owned. He had removed them from the place that they were comfortable, from their position in society, and he had taken them to a foreign land, a land of the enemy, and there they were living, and they had nothing, and they were no one, and they were outsiders. And God says, pray for the peace and the prosperity of the city. And it's like, I, want to, I don't want to do that. Seek the peace and prosperity. But not only that, they were to pray for it. When I think about that, I think about Jonah. Remember how he wanted to pray for the Ninevites. He was praying that God would bring judgment. Burn them. Right? That's what God, that's what they probably wanted to pray for those people. They were different. They were evil. They had humiliated the people of God. But God said, pray for them. Don't pray for judgment. Pray for blessing upon them. That's not what they wanted to hear. But that's what God said. You see, God didn't want his people to remain outsiders. He wanted them to become ambassadors. So let's talk a little bit about what it means to be an ambassador. Ambassadors are agents of a kingdom living in a foreign land. Their job is to build bridges between kingdoms. Ambassadors negotiate trade agreements, cultural exchange. They facilitate immigration. They leverage the power of the king for good. This is our mandate as the people of God living in this world. We are to build bridges of trust with the people of this world. That's what God calls us to do. When I lived in Costa Rica, there was a place called the Centro Cultural Costarricense Norteamericano. It was the cultural center for North America and Costa Rica. And it was a place where they taught English. 
It was a place where they taught computers. They taught business skills. They had classes. They talked about American culture. The idea of this place was to bring the benefits of the culture of America to Costa Rica in order to bless them, in order to build bridges of communication between the two countries. I remember when I first went there, I'd been there for a number of months. I was living with a Costa Rican family, eating rice and beans every day. Man, it was, it was awesome, but it was difficult. It was really different. And then the 4th of July came, and I had the opportunity to go to the residence of the ambassador for a 4th of July picnic. And I took my passport, and I showed it at the gate, and I walked through the doors, and there were hot dogs everywhere. And we ate hot dogs and apple pie. And I almost broke down in tears. Because I was home, Uncle Sam was walking around on stilts. It was crazy. But that's what an ambassador does, is he brings the culture of the kingdom that he represents to that new land. That's what God has called us to do to build bridges of trust, and to share our culture with the world around us. What does that look like? We bring the values of the kingdom. What are our values? Joy and peace and love and kindness and gentleness and self-control. All of the fruit of the Spirit, all of the things that are the, the characteristics of the nature of God, that's what we are to bring to this world. We're to live out our culture and our nature before this nation so that they can be blessed by it. That's what God was calling his people to. And that's what he's calling us to. Another thing that ambassadors do is they facilitate immigration. They facilitate immigration. Most embassies, that's like their principal function. They have lines out the front door, people applying for visas so that they can come to the United States, right? That's what embassies do is they facilitate the transference of people from one kingdom to the next. And that's our job, isn't it? Here on this earth. That's our job is to facilitate immigration. I love this passage that comes from Colossians. It's Colossians chapter 1. It says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Amen? Our job is to help people get from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we facilitate immigration like an ambassador does. That's our job. As ambassadors, we're still on the outside of the society in which we live, but we're not isolated from that, that society. We are thinking constantly, strategically, how can we promote the interests of our king in this society, in this world? Well, here's how we're doing that. Over the last year, we have been highlighting different ministries. These aren't the only ministries that we support as a church, but we've been highlighting these ministries. And in all of these ministries, they are strategically reaching the city of Tulsa. 
They are making a difference. And as we partner together with them, we are working strategically for the peace and prosperity of our city. That's what God has called us to do. And that's what we've been working on. This will continue. And that's what it means to be a church that is for our city. We are influencers of the society. We bring resources from our kingdom into this kingdom that we are living. We're loyal to our king, but we serve the people that he has sent us to live among. We are loyal to our king, but yet the focus of our service is the people of the city to which he has sent us. That's our job. We're no longer ambassadors. We are, we are no longer outsiders. We are ambassadors of the king. But God has a plan. Let's take a look at Jeremiah 29, 11. This is the famous verse, right? This is the verse we all know from this passage. But we want to look at it in the context of what God is saying and doing. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, declares the Lord. If God sent his people into a foreign land to represent him, wouldn't he have a plan to support them while they're there? And this is God's plan to support his people just as an ambassador is supported by the kingdom that he represents. We too are supported by God. An ambassador doesn't depend on the economy of the country where he lives. If, if an ambassador is in Sudan, he, it doesn't matter to him if people don't have enough money to live in Sudan necessarily for his own support. He's supported by the country that he represents. And we are supported by God. We can rest in our support by God. We are defended by God. Just as an ambassador is defended by the nation they represent, that little piece of land where the embassy sits, it's declared a piece of property that belongs to the United States. It's U.S. sovereign territory. And in the same way, we are protected by God. God has promised to protect us in the midst of the place that he has called us. And then an ambassador doesn't have to worry when it's time to go home. He's got a ticket and free entry back into his home. And we are the same. We don't have to worry. When it's time to go home, God's going to open the door for us. We don't have to save up and buy a ticket to heaven. We've already got it. We can rest assured that God has a plan to bring us home, and one day he will bring us home from this place where we have been assigned, where he has sent us, and that will be a glorious day. That will be a wonderful day. God did not want his people to be afraid. If they seek him, he said, you'll find me. If you pray to me, then I, will then I will be found by you. 
the difference between outsiders and ambassadors is a sense of purpose. It's a sense of calling, a commissioning that God has given us. We are called by God. We are called for a purpose. And that purpose is to make a difference in the city that he has called us to. We are a church that is for Tulsa because we represent the king of all kings. His kingdom builds bridges to all people. Look at this list of peoples. They represent the different, the different people in our city that the ministries that we have been highlighting over the past year represent. Struggling students, African Americans, Latin Americans, men and families, women and children, veterans, underserved communities, people recovering from addictions. God loves all these people, and he's calling from among these people to come and to be part of his kingdom, and it is our job to facilitate that immigration. It's our job to reach out and bless and care for and love people who are struggling in all levels of our society and our city. I don't know about you, but by going through this process this year and thinking about these different peoples and these different ministries and thinking strategically, it's changed my heart. And I hope that it's changed yours that you're beginning to get a vision for what God wants us to be as a community of Christ. I want to challenge you today to stop being outsiders in this world, huddled in the church. What's a huddle? It's when, you know, these grown men, these huge guys all get in real close, and they hold one another, and they whisper to each other, right? It's kind of creepy when you think about it, isn't it? But that's what we do in the church. We're warriors. God has prepared us to make a difference. But yet, we like to be in this position, all huddled together where it's nice and safe and warm and whisper to one another. And that's fine if we're developing a strategy, but we've got to get out on the field, don't we? We've got to get out and make a difference in the world that God has called us to. He wants us to stop being outsiders, and he wants us to become ambassadors, to be advocating for the city that he has called us to, to pray for its blessing, to live out the attributes of the king so that others may know him so that they may be moved from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are calling us, Lord God, to do more, to be more. Our circumstances haven't changed today, but maybe our heart is beginning to move as we read this letter that you have written not only to the ancient Israelites, but also to us, so that we might move from being outsiders to ambassadors, trusting in you, reaching our world, so that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.